I think in its most simple answer is there are more open positions than there are people that can fill those positions. So then that creates a supply and demand dynamic that we have not experienced um, for many, many years where it's been flipped this, this far askew and certainly not at this level. I think this is, is conceivably the tightest labor market we've seen in the United States since World War II. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I am really excited about the conversation that we are going to have today because this is one of the main challenges that HR and organizations, for that matter, are dealing with at this moment, which is everything related to recruitment, talent acquisition, talent retention, the speed at which HR is now able to bring talent on board with all these jobs that are going unfilled and what to do about that, you know, how to think differently about this world and this work in the recruitment space. And we are going to have this conversation with somebody who is not only leading global, global talent acquisition, but he's also the board president of the Association of Talent Acquisition Professionals. He's been in this space for a long time, collecting information, data, experiences, insights. So I am really, really excited to have this conversation with you. Jim, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Enrique. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to be here today. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation because w when I think about the work that I do, I think about it in, in two sort of in two big buckets, if I, if I can use only two buckets. One bucket is today's problems and the other bucket is preparing for tomorrow. And in today's problem, we have this, this all the issues that we're dealing now with recruitment, you know, how increasingly complex it's become for companies to to tap into a into a large pipeline of of talent to attract talent at a fast pace you know to fill fill up the positions they have open and and you know the many other challenges that we're dealing with in the recruitment space so let me begin by asking you to set up the stage with this question what's going on what is going on <laughs> Well, I think in its most simple answer is there are more open positions than there are people that can fill those positions. So then that creates a supply and demand dynamic that we have not experienced um, for many, many years where it's been flipped this, this far askew and certainly not at this level. I think this is, is conceivably the tightest labor market we've seen in the United States since World War II. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. On, on the one hand, there are open a, a lot of open positions. I think it reached something like 8 million uh, uh, open positions in the United States yes. last month, which is it's just ridiculous to even think about it, right? Uh, and I'm not even going global. I'm just using data from, from America. Uh, but at the same time, the flip side of that is 4 million people less left the, their jobs, I think it was back in April. So how, how do you explain this paradox of op, you know, positions open and people leaving jobs? Sure, so I think that the biggest explanation for that has been the COVID pandemic. Uh, you know, with, and we saw it really very acutely last year 
But when you turn on schools as a remote function, families or parents lose the opportunity to have their children at another location being you know, educated and cared for and protected. And now that burden shifts to the home. So it's harder for you know, uh, single income parents or, you know, dual income families to have both people away from the home while the kids are at home going to school. So I think that's been a tremendous burden. And although technology is there to support many, many roles in that, if you look at the roles that remain unfilled, those are roles that there's not necessarily a technology solution for. I can't work remotely and cook at a restaurant. Yeah. I can't work remotely and you know uh, clean rooms at a hotel. Yeah. Um, I can't work remotely and uh, work at an amusement park. So I mean, there's a lot of jobs that the technology is not there to support that remote work. And I think that's been what's really devastated the market the most. Yeah. And uh, I, I live in rural Arizona and I, I, I now see things that I had never seen in my life before, you know, hotels announcing, you know, come to work for us. And there's a hiring bonus of this amount of money. And I'm thinking, yes. wow, you know, this, this market must be really, really tight for, you know, for these kinds of things to emerge as a, as, a, as a way to attract people. And, and there, are, there are towns also, you know, I speak with my friends in other spaces in, in rural America, you know, Montana, where there are towns where restaurants can't, cannot open anymore full-time because they don't have enough people to work full-time. So it, it's really, really tight. But now let me ask you, what do we do? From, not only from the recruitment perspective, but also from the organizational perspective, what do we do? To, to attract people, to retain them, to offer them a good experience at work? How, how do we think about this, uh, these opportunities to, to do something different in order to resolve these issues? So I think there's a couple of areas where companies need to focus. Um, I mean, the easiest thing that a company can do to start hiring quickly again is pay more, yeah. right? I mean, that is at the most basic level, that's what will motivate people for your job. Now, not every company can afford to do that. And I understand that. So I think we're seeing companies really start to think more holistically about the kinds of benefits and opportunities that they're providing. Um, several companies, uh, Target, I just saw McDonald's is doing this they're gonna start paying for college education for their employees. Starbucks has been doing that for a couple of years now. And, you know, so I think the way that we focus people on careers moving forward isn't so much the immediate do this in exchange for a paycheck, but getting people to focus a little bit more long-term and do this and not just get a paycheck, but get the college education, get the, the lift up that means you won't have to do this job forever, yeah. I think will be very critical in what we do. Um, you know, and then anything that we can do to provide flexibility and support for people is, is critical in, in any job. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that, the, the, there's no playbook for something like the pandemic. And as we've grown as a, as a society and uh, just globally, 
there's no playbook for sort of the kind of growth and the kind of technology that we experience now. So flexibility is probably the one word you hear the most from candidates right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, uh, in fact, I think uh, th- there was a, a research that just came out s- saying that something around 60% of the people, 70% of the people are looking for flexibility more than anything else, right? I mean, you know, granted that there is a, a salary baseline that is decent. I mean, not, not you know, yes. not people won't be underpaid in, uh, but, but if those things are controlled for the, the biggest uh, sort of asset of an organization to attract and retain great talent now is, is, uh, is flexibility. Um, how, how do we, let me ask you this, how do we connect dots here? Uh, because one thing that I've been always very concerned about, and I, of course, right now, it's, it's not a, there's no difference about that, is that when you have somebody working just in recruitment, maybe the incentive is bring the candidates uh, you know, in, hire them, and that's pretty much it, right? And the flexibility side, somebody else will take care of that in the company, or the compensation side, somebody else will take care of that. So how do we think holistically, as you're saying, as HR professionals to provide a, a more sort of comprehensive solution to, to these challenges, meaning um, you know, enlarging our recruitment pipelines, you know, to target more diverse candidates, for example, but at the same time thinking diversity and thinking about education and, you know, a growth in the company. So what are your thoughts on that? So I am not the first person to say this, and this is something that, that I have heard throughout my career, but recruiting is a team sport. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to understand that, that all of the outcomes of recruiting don't fall to the recruiter and we have to you know our recruitment team is more than just the people that are filling the positions because we really want to make sure that we're not entering into a sort of paradox where we are simply rewarding certain behaviors that don't have a good impact down range so if we're just saying you recruiter you are measured on the number of people you bring to the table, the number of hires, whatever it is, then all they're going to focus on is that number, right? So what we've learned over time is that really great recruitment is something that raises the company, right? So we all need to have that connection where we're all part of that rising tide. And diversity has been a great example of that. We have seen over and over again, the more diverse a company is, the more that raises up that whole organization. So I think it's it's really keeping, you know, and from a TA leadership perspective, is keeping the people that are day-to-day involved in that recruiting, helping them understand and see the bigger picture, keeping them connected with the organization and understand what the long-term ramifications are of different activities and actions that we take. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love that because I, you know, HR for a long time and the organizations uh, in general, but HR particularly has worked for a long time as, you know, very siloed uh, sort of thinking. And, the you know, the problems like this problem of not being able to fill positions or retain people for too long, uh, it's a complex problem that requires a very, you know, comprehensive, interconnected solution. And, it won't come along for, from recruiters. It won't come along from uh, from data scientists in the company. It has to be a concerted effort among the various people who work, it, not only in HR, but also other business leaders 
who know their their audience very well and can help recruit recruiters design the right kind of campaigns to to attract talent right absolutely i think that's one of the 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 positive outcomes from the market is that more you know hr teams have really pulled together around this yeah. and it's giving everybody uh you know more visibility as to how their roles are interlinked and how we can solve problems together yeah. so i think that has been a a positive outcome and the companies that have that have done that quickest and have done that most effectively are the ones that are maintaining positive quality hiring velocity um, and are not struggling like some of their peers. Yeah, absolutely. They 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 are uh, they have created that culture, or either they created it before the pandemic, or they quickly scrambled to uh, you know to create it uh, in a way that would be effective for them. You know through you know, these challenges that we're going through right now. Tim, let me ask you this last question as we get closer to wrapping up our conversation very tactically, right? Um, if, if you were to recommend some very tactical sort of actions that recruiters can take in order to, you know, solve the challenges they are dealing with, what, what would those be? So... This one, I, I know that a lot of recruiters will disagree with me, but you can't rely on the same old technology that you've been relying on for so long. Yeah. You have to, recruiting is ultimately about relationships and the way that we build relationships is through our connections. And so that's being able to articulate a compelling vision through storytelling, um, reaching out to people, when we do, so we hire a lot of hourly people. When we do recruiting events, the recruiters should be there. People should be there. Shake hands, talk to people, eye contact, smile. I mean, these are these are the things that, you know, there's not a technological solution for, but these are things that are going to make you different than everybody else and help you win in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, actually, I want to ask you one one last question. You know, that, that was going to be the last one, but I want to ask you one more. Um you, you know, for a long time, HR hasn't been like the, you know, the uh, the favorite function for anybody in an organization. I mean, not for HR professionals, but for everybody else, right? And and when you think about what people don't like about HR, probably on top of mind comes recruitment. And especially when, when they are ghosted by the recruiters or they don't, you know, the, the relationship is not built appropriately you know it's, it seems to be more geared for the recruiter to you know hire people faster than ever without building those relationships so for, for those i understand that recruiters are very busy people all the time very busy but how, what do you tell them to balance the busyness of their lives with being kind and human when they are dealing with the rest of the people around them that are concerned about finding a job, finding a good job and whatnot. How, what do you tell them to balance those two things? So it's it's about empathy. We talk all the time, and this is, again, not for me, but you treat other people the way that you would want to be treated in those situations. Yeah. And I think we do have to have empathy. If somebody does not have a job and is seeking a job, that is a highly stressful time period for them. And I and my team have always told candidates that, you know, if you don't get the job with us and you want to talk about that and you want help, we will take time to, to help you. We'll, we'll, 
we'll work on your resume with you. We'll, you know, talk to you about ways to interview, how to connect with people. I spend a lot of my time on Saturdays actually spending time with candidates to do that wow. because everyone deserves to have, if they want work, and I know that it, I'm probably alone in this, but I mean, if you want work, work to me feels like it's a human right. You should have that right to, to be able to support yourself and support your family. And uh, so anything we can do to support people in that journey, we need to be highly empathetic and you know help them. Yeah, and I, I thank you for mentioning that because once again, no, nobody is expecting Uh, for recruiters to help people walk on water, right? I mean, uh, everybody knows that you apply for a job and you may get it or not. And that's, that's but they don't expect, you know, um, you know, to get ghosted or, or to, or to be mistreated uh, or, or to just get that general response of like, thank you. You, you know, you're awesome, but no, uh, you know, it, there's gotta be something else, especially when people are going through so much these days. So I'm glad that you're doing um, all that kind of work, Jim. So thank you so much for sharing these insights with me and the community. It was awesome to have this conversation with you. And thank you, Enrique. It was wonderful speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.